Is there such a thing as being too prepared or over-preparing? Hey, this is episode 764 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. It comes down to loving your people, getting prepared, and living free. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, your host, and welcome to another episode. Hey, everyone. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've released another episode, and I'm so glad to be able to do it. Uh, this time here. Hey, listen, this episode is going to talk a little bit about over-preparing or being too prepared. Is that even possible? So I want to go ahead and tackle that and just come from uh, an experience that we had this Thanksgiving break. So before we jump into it, let me go ahead and share my experience and, and let you know where I'm coming from. So my wife is a big Christmas nut. She loves Christmas. She loves all about that. So I thought I'd surprise her this weekend or this last weekend and take a trip to Natchitoches, Louisiana. And so for anyone who's never been there before, Natchitoches is a, uh, they do a big Christmas festival. And I think this last weekend was the first weekend of that Christmas festival. And and when I had a coworker tell me a little bit about it, and so when I started looking into it, started looking for hotels, I'm like, hey, this might be a good trip from you know my wife, and she might like it and enjoy it. I couldn't find any hotels at all. And so they have, there's, a, there's one big weekend where they have a big parade, and definitely that's always like sold out. But I finally was able to find a hotel about 11 minutes away from the, you know, the town center where everything goes down. And so I went ahead and booked it. So, you know, it was the first weekend, the first opening. And so Natchitoches is, well, at least the portion that we uh, were familiar with, you know, we basically, you know, drove a Saturday, you know, drove all day Saturday. It was about four and a half hours from where I am in, in Houston, and drove all day to get there, you know, checked into the hotel, all that good stuff, and, and then went down to where the Christmas festival is. And basically, it's about uh, three blocks worth of riverfront stores that open up, and you have all different kinds of things there. You, know, you have a lot of Christmas, uh, a lot of old-timey stores, of course, things, stores that sell chocolate and candy and that good stuff. There was a really cool old general store like really, really old, like you would, you know, picture back in the old days. They had some new things and some old th- old things or a lot of old things. And so I really enjoyed kind of going through that, through that store. So you have those stores that you can go and you can visit. And of course, everything is overpriced, you know, and then you have the riverfront where they have games and all different kinds of things for the kids, uh, you know, vendors, street vendors are selling food and you have all that good stuff down there. And uh, so it was, it's just like a Christmassy feel. And so you go and you wait till, I think it's around six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening when they turn on all the lights. And then when they turn on all the lights in the whole, you know, on the whole river. And if you want to see a couple of pictures, I have some over at Buy Me a Coffee. You can go check those out in my link there. But they, they turn those on and then the city does a fireworks display. You know, they're on the river. And so a lot of people, if you look up Natchitoches and you, uh, you know, look up the Natchitoches, Louisiana Christmas Festival, you'll see people 
that have shared pictures, you know, on like for instance on Google or whatever, and you'll see people lining the river front, you know, getting a good seat. And the person that told me about this, my coworker, said you want to go early, you want to set up, you know, chairs and and because you know it fills up. Well, that wasn't the case this time around. Again, this was the first uh, the the first weekend of the Christmas festival. And so there wasn't a lot of people. Plus, it was darn cold. It was cold and wet and humid. And so that is one of those one of those things to uh, you know to consider. And thank goodness I was paying attention to the weather because if I was just going off of what other people told me, it wouldn't have really worked. It would have been a, a, a miserable time. It wouldn't have been fun at all. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, in preparedness, we, we're always checking those different kinds of things and making sure we know what we're doing and where we're going and, and uh, making sure that we are prepared in, in, that, uh, in that sense. So just, uh, just to kind of round this off, and then I'll just kind of jump into the, the preparedness aspect of this. I didn't wind up getting any chairs to put on the riverfront and uh, kind of just stake out there. We decided when we got there, they had a boat ride. And they have a boat ride right when the lights are being uh, turned on and the fireworks are going off. And so this boat ride will take you down the river a little bit. Then they'll come back for the the turning on of the lights and the, and the fireworks. And they'll park so that you can have this great view. And so if you go to buy me a coffee and you check out my page over there, you'll see, you know, pictures of the fireworks and then also close up pictures of the lights because, you know, after the fireworks, then the boat goes down the river and you get really close up of uh, all the lights that are there and, and displayed. And so if you're into Christmas and you're into um, that feel, you know, definitely that is a, a one-time experience. At least it's a one-time experience for me. There's probably people that go all the time, but I think we were okay. We're like, okay, this is this was neat. It was a one-time experience. We don't necessarily need to do it again. But the thing that, uh, you know, the whole reason of this episode and talking about being over-prepared and, uh, or, you know, is it possible to be over-prepared is because when I'm taking a trip like that, when I'm going to be away, I'm going into another state, um, I, I tend to, my mind starts to race. I start to go through all possible scenarios. I start to think about, do I have this? Do I have that? Do I have that? Um, you know, again, I was looking at the weather. I'm kind of cold natured. And so I wanted to make sure that I was going to be warm so that I wasn't the wet blanket on <laughs> on this trip. So I wound up taking my thermal, like a thermal top. Uh, I had a, a big, thick sweater that I had on top of that thermal. And then I had a big, heavy jacket. So when we first got there and we got to the hotel, I mean, I was dressed for driving. When we got to the hotel, we went ahead and changed uh, into you know our thermals and then our sweaters. And we, we went and we parked, we found a parking space and, uh, we, you know, we did a kind of like initial kind of like a walkthrough just to kind of get a feel for everything, but it was cold. So we went back to get our jacket. So I was really grateful that I took my really heavy jacket, uh, because it, it was cold, although it was like high thirties, like you know, 39, 38, it was still really cold, even with all of that. Um, one thing that I did not take that I, I just I was kicking myself, we we're probably like three hours into the trip, was uh, little hand warmers. I had stopped, and I think at Walmart, or maybe no, it was Academy, one of our sporting goods here, and I bought uh, you know, some hand warmers, and I was like kicking myself. I'm like, okay, that's probably the only time I'm going to really use them is, is here, so I wish I would have had those. 
again, like I said, you know, as we're getting ready, we're going on this trip, we want it to be fun. We want it to be, you know, something that was a surprise for my wife. I didn't tell her that we were going to Natchitoches until we were about 30 uh, minutes away from the town. And so it was all a big surprise. I mean, she was surprised when we crossed over into Louisiana and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a first aid kit and something a little bit beefier than the regular first aid kits that we have in all the cars. So I have like a medium sized first aid kit that I usually carry in my truck, but I went ahead and transferred that over to my wife's vehicle because we we took her vehicle and then taking things that I would want, like my get home bag items um, that I would want to take. I'm really careful about leaving things in vehicles, or if I am leaving things in vehicles, I think you should, you know, cover them up or hide them, put them under, uh, you know, chairs or, or whatever you can. So under, so, so people won't, won't see those bags and, and break into them. Uh, we've had a lot of that happening to people that I know, even stopping like at a restaurant and they leave their, their backpack in, in the back seat they don't have anything really in there, but people break in just to get that backpack. So I'm really aware of that. So I wanted to have, you know, the, the items that I would want without necessarily having a big old bag that would be displayed to people. And so we went, we had a great time. Uh, we, you know, we walked around a whole lot. We're dead tired. Uh, we're happy to get back to the hotel and, and, and warm up and, and, uh, you know, take our time getting going in the morning and then, uh, you know, heading back to Houston. So we had a good time. And like I said, a one-time experience, but I really felt comfortable that I had prepared enough, you know, I could have gone overboard though. I could have like, no, we need to throw this in and we need to throw this in and we need to, you know, what if this happens and what if that happens? And, you know, all those different kinds of things um, could have added to that. And it doesn't mean that my mind is still not racing. You know, it's one of the, it's like, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to not have my mind racing if I'm prepared enough in, in situations and, and, and things like that. Uh, I know I, it's probably not too long. Well, it's, it's been a long time, probably going on six years now. I think in February, it'll be six years. Uh, I did talk about going on a cruise one time and that was, I was already in preparedness and that was a very, very stressful trip for me, you know, preparedness wise, because I didn't feel like I could take the things that I really, truly wanted to take on a trip like that. So I'm always kind of thinking about those things, but I also need to be realistic and not go so crazy that I have, you know, I fill my, my wife's vehicle up with so many preparedness items that I don't necessarily need. And they're just, you know, there. And so I know some people might have a different take on that. Some people will say, I'd rather have it than, than, than not need it. But I think sometimes you can go overboard. So going back to the question, can you overprepare? So I'm going to say yes and no. And let me, let me explain that. So let me start off with no. You can never overprepare or overplan. You know, so if, if you need to have those items in your vehicle, like if you like, I, I am not going to be comfortable. I am not going to uh, enjoy myself unless I have these, then, then go for it and, and, and do it. But you also need to be flexible on your plans. You need to be flexible. You need to be, uh, you need to understand that, that things can change and you need to be able to uh, adjust and adapt. The other thing is you need to know how to use your preps. So you can never over prepare or over plan, but just having the gear 
just having the plan, just having the ideas in your head doesn't help if you don't know how to actually accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, how to use your preps, how to actually navigate your plan. So I don't believe that you can over-prepare or over-plan. It's all going to be according to your comfort level. You want to be comfortable moving forward, all right? And so I think that's important. But can you over-prepare? Let me handle the yes part here. Because if it causes undue stress and hardship for your family to be, be overly prepared, then I think you can make big mistakes there. So let me give you an, an example here. Let's just say you're going on a trip. Let's just say, let me use my trip that we went on to Natchitoches, Louisiana. Going on a trip and I am stressing out over being away from home. I'm stressing out of being on the road. It was pouring down rain when we when we left Houston and probably about uh, an hour into the trip. I mean, it was still raining and it finally cleared up really nicely. But I mean, all those different kinds of things are, are, are going around. So going on this trip, if I'm causing, if, if I'm stressing out over all of this and stressing out to the point where I'm not uh, having fun, right? I'm like, hey, you need to have your get home bag. You need to have your bug out bag. You need to have your, your, your inch bag. You need to make sure, you know, you're, you're, you have all these things, you know, under control, make sure that you're paying attention and, you know, you don't doze off to sleep and, and make sure this and that and all these other things. And you're putting all this stress on your family. You know, you're talking about situational awareness and you're talking about safety and you're talking about, hey, be careful here and there. All those things that you should wind up doing. But if you're doing it to the point where you're stressing out your family and you're not having fun whatsoever, then yes, I think you can overdo it. And we need to be careful about that. Those of us in preparedness, those of us, especially, I think those of us who have family members who understand preparedness and who are with us in preparedness, I think we have it a little bit easier than those of us who are single, you know, solo preppers. I think, I think, Solo preppers have it a lot harder because you understand the dangers that are out there. You understand how important it is to prep, but nobody else does, you know? And so I think that, you know, they, they just roll their eyes. You have kids that will roll your eyes or a spouse that will roll your, roll her eyes or his eyes. And, you know, they just don't understand where you're coming from. Uh, of course, if something was to happen and your preps came through, I mean, you'd be the, you know, the hero of the day. But for the most part, you know, 99.999% of the time, you know, you're going to be fine. And so th that's what, that's my, my key there. If you're causing undue stress on everyone and no one is having fun, then you're probably overdoing the preparedness there, right? You know, for whatever it might be. And that's not necessarily just a trip. That could be in your, in your home. That could be in the way that you come across with your family on just regular everyday type things. If, if everything is preparedness, 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 and no one else is on board, then that can really cause a lot of stress in your family. So let's do some um, things to consider, points to ponder, if you, if you would, here as we're, as we're talking about just preparedness plans and over-preparing or being prepared, all that good stuff. Um, I think it's really important to know your surroundings. Now, I'm, I know that I've been talking about this in the context of a trip, 
but this is in the context of every day, right? You know, going to work, going to the grocery store, you know, being in your neighborhood, all those different kinds of things. Know your surroundings. So one of the things that I think was important for me is knowing the vehicle. So my wife's, it's my wife's vehicle, but I drive it whenever we take her vehicle anywhere. Her vehicle is newer. I, I have an older truck. My truck is probably about, uh, I guess it's 11 years old now. And for the most part, I've kept it in good mechanical condition, but uh, probably about three or four months ago, I had to change out my radiator. So it's at that point where you know it, things could go sideways, and I didn't want things to go sideways, you know, on, on a Saturday when we're going, you know, on this trip. So knowing my vehicle, I'm like, I'd rather not take my vehicle, although I'm pretty confident it would have made it. I'd rather take my wife's vehicle that's newer and I, I know that it's in you know a lot better condition uh, as far as well we take good good care of our vehicles. I think it's a smart thing to do nowadays because uh, preventative maintenance pays off big time with where we are right now. But I think her vehicle is just you know better suited for us to be able to go and, and not have to worry about anything. I think you need to know your destination. So when we talk about surroundings, know your destination. Again, Natchitoches, Louisiana, but also the trip and knowing the path that I was going to take. I mean, I had I had the map on and all those good things, but I still knew the general path that we were taking. I knew where we were going. I knew how long it was going to take. I knew what the weather was like. But again, for destination, I'm talking about knowing your destination, uh, wherever you are You know, in your uh, neck of the woods. So, you know, going to uh, another part of town. Do, are you familiar with that part of town? Do you want to go to that part of town, you know, in the evening time when you don't know what could be around there? You know, there, there are times where I do not let my wife, in fact, I think nowadays it's like you're either going with one of the boys, you know, or, or the one of the boys is going with you or I'm going with you if, if it's dark. Because I think it's just safe. Even living out in the suburbs, I think that's smart. So knowing your destination, knowing your neighborhood, you know, I think that's really important to know the people around. If you can make friends with your neighbors and you get to know them, um, they might not be people that you want to invite over. They might not be people that you want to carry on a, a real strong relationship with. But I think you need to know them so that you can be prepared either way however you need to respond to that relationship. But not just your neighbors, but your your neighborhood in general. I think it's always smart to uh, drive around your neighborhood every so often. Just go and 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 make you know look around and see what what you see out there. Do you see any weirdness out there? Do you see pretty much the suburbs? Do you see um, you know people out and 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 drinking you know on the side of the street and and throwing bottles and bottles are strewn all over the place? I mean those kinds of things send certain messages. So I think you need to be. Uh, knowledgeable about your surroundings. Know your state. Know the types of natural disasters that you can be dealing with. Like somebody up north is not going to deal with the same things that I deal with down here during hurricane season. But I'm not going to be dealing. Well, <laughs> I, I know that I've said this a couple of times here recently. I'm not usually dealing with like winter blizzards and things like that. Like recently that happened in New York. That's crazy stuff. To all the, the snow that fell uh, up there. But, you know, we, we've had winter storms. And uh, again, I was because I was paying attention, I was prepared for that. But there's a lot of people that were not prepared. So other things to think about 
uh, points to ponder here is know how to use your stuff. There are so many preppers out there or people that that you know realize that they need to uh, be prepared for whatever it might be, but they just accumulate stuff. They have a garage full of preparedness items. They have a closet or a room full of preparedness items, and they're all unopened in the box, never used, never pulled out. You need to know how to use your stuff. I mean, can you imagine like, okay, uh, I need to go and uh, take this trip and where I'm taking this trip and I have this, you know, whatever it is to use. And then I'm in this emergency situation. Hey, let me break open the instructions to figure out how to do this, you know? And and then what if you never opened it up and the, whatever it was, the piece of gear was broken or something was, you know, wasn't all there, you know? And then what would you do with that? You know, there is the prepper phrase that we use, three is two, two is one, one is none. And if you're new to preparedness or you've never heard that phrase before, the idea is if you have something, you know, you have an item, eventually it's going to break down. So if you have three of something, eventually one's going to break. The thing that you're using is going to break. So then you'll have two that you can rely on. If you have two, eventually one of those is going to break. So you'll have one to rely on. If you're only relying on one and that breaks, then you don't have none of whatever gear that is. And so, you know, you you need to kind of think about that, but at the same time, not go crazy. There are some things that you don't want three of. One of the examples that I can come up with with here, right? And and again, this is kind of talking about that over-preparedness. You know, some people can like, man, I got to be so prepared. And and like, I'll tell you one area that I am like over-over-prepared in is water. Like I have multiple ways to filter, to distill, to, to, to make sure that my water, that I can get water and that I can, I can, I can drink it and I can have that for the family. So that's one, that's one area I feel very comfortable over preparing in. Right. And I don't think anyone would really have an issue with that, but I don't need 5,000 ways to make fire, you know, And so I think it's a good skill. Like, you know, if you learn how to rub sticks together to make a fire, get a coal burning, and then you're able to, you know, put it into a bird's nest and you're able to make a fire, I think that's a great skill to have. But I am not going to, if I needed to make a fire, I am not going to have, uh, I'm not going to rub two sticks together, right? If I have a ferro rod. And if I have a ferro rod, if I, if I have a ferro rod and let's say a match, you know, especially one of those strike everywhere, I think it's, it's the, the UCO, uh, matches those suckers. If you, if you have ever used those before, and I think just, it's fun. Like, I think they're like five ninety nine on Amazon, like go buy some and you strike it and you stick it in water and pull it out. And the sucker will relight. Like it'll be out in the water and you pull it out and it'll relight. You can strike it, put it in dirt and then bring it out and the sucker will relight. So like, I'm not going to use a ferro rod if I have one of those matches. I'm not going to use one of those matches if I just have a Bic lighter on me. So I think 
having multiple ways to make fire is important. And I do have multiple ways to make fire. I go back to that three is two, two is one, one is none thing, but I'm not going to have 50,000 ways to make fire. So I think that's really important. You know, you need to really weigh, weigh your preparedness items, weigh your gear and make sure that you, um, you know how to use it, make sure you don't go overboard on that. And you're spending money on things just because it's cool or just because, you know, what if, uh, you know, a what if kind of scenario. I know that it might seem like I'm contradicting myself, but I think that because I can speak from a little bit of experiences, you can go overboard with things that you don't need. And so you need to make sure that whatever items you are buying and the things that you do have, that it fits into your preparedness. And, you know, the, again, the three is two, two is one, one is none. Um, I think that usually is enough. Uh, you know, some people will go four, uh, five, six, seven deep into a certain thing because they're worried. Like if the zombies come, they'll be able to have backups upon backups upon backups upon backups. So again, I think that we can get a little crazy there when, when we start thinking about gear and, and things like that. Um, another, another one of those uh, you know, pieces of gear that I get kind of go crazy on are knives and guys will do that. Guys will go crazy on knives. They'll see a knife and it's like, man, that's a really cool one. I want to go ahead and buy that. Uh, and I have had to stop myself and, and it's not because I'm, and I'm just doing it because I think they're cool. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily like, Oh, you know, I need this one for the zombie apocalypse or whatever. But, you know, like Fernando Aguirre has one out that I thought was kind of cool. Jim Cobb has talked about one that uh, I thought was kind of cool recently. And and even, uh, 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 I mean, there's just been some other people that have that have shared other knives. I'm like, man, those are really cool. And I'm like, I want to go buy it. And I'm like, no, I don't need another knife, right? Uh, you don't need another knife. Uh, I, I think three is two, two is one, one is none. But that's one of those things where guys can get kind of crazy. And there's women who can get, get kind of crazy on knives as well. So you just need to make sure that your, that your preparedness plans, the things that you're, or the, the things that you're buying, the, the gear and, and all that stuff fits into your preparedness plan and that it makes sense. You can only use one, two knives at a time for different, different situations. All right, enough of that. Here's, here's the last thing that I want to talk about and as far as, you know, being prepared, over-prepared, under-prepared, you know, all that kind of stuff is you, you need to make sure that while you're doing all of that, whatever you're doing, however you're doing is you're enjoying life. You're, you're building those memories you know, that's the, the reason we're here is to enjoy life. And so if I, if I lived my, my life, like, oh my gosh, I can't ever leave my home. I can't ever leave my neighborhood because I am worried that I will be away from my stuff. I'll be away from my preparedness, you know, uh, gear. Uh, you know, when, when I'm away, you're like, I'm in Natchitoches, Louisiana, 
an EMP can come and, and, oh my gosh, you know, how am I, I'm four and a half hours driving. How long would that take me to get home? You know? And so your mind can always go that way. And the problem is that if that's you, you really need to dial that back a little bit and enjoy life. You know, again, building those memories, we'll be able to share the time that we went to Natchitoches. And there were some things that happened that we'll be able to talk about, you know, over and over again and, and, uh, you know, relive those things. Again, that's the reason why we prepare. That's the reason why we, we are prepared is so that we can enjoy the future, so that we can enjoy a better future. So we prepare now for that better future, not so that we can play the walking dead, right? Not so that we can play, oh my gosh, the zombies have come. And so now I'm surviving, you know, I'm surviving the end of the world as we know it, you know, um, that, that might possibly come, you know, in our lifetimes, I don't think that's very probable, you know? And so I think we prepare um, the way that I've shifted, the way that I think is I'm preparing for a better future. I'm preparing my life for a better future and I'm still sold out on preparedness. I do believe that it's very important, but I'm not waiting for the zombies, you know? And so there's decisions that I'll make that uh, will help me if that ever comes about, but I am enjoying life and I hope you do too. All right, guys, let me end with this. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you will enjoy listening to audiobooks. I use Audible as my app and audio store of choice. If you don't have Audible, you can join free for 30 days. So you can enjoy listening to Audible originals, podcasts, sleep tracks, and audiobooks. To get more information, visit audiopreps.com. I have also listed a few audiobooks there that I have listened to, including Prepper Fiction, but also some other books that I read just to give you some ideas if you need something to get you started. Again, that's audiopreps.com or click the link in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 764. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, and that way you never miss another episode of Sweep readiness, goodness. Hey, and if you appreciate what I'm doing in the preparedness community and on this podcast, hey, you can go over to readyyourfuture.com forward slash support, and you can support the podcast that way. I'll have a link in the show notes for you. All right, guys, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.